Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going, guys? How's your October? treating you. I hope you're getting, we're finally getting cooler weather here in North Florida and it's super exciting. We don't get much cooler weather, so we like it when we get it. All right, today I want to talk about how to improve your time management and your productivity as a key way to increase your chances for promotion, get that new job, whatever. We're really going to talk primarily about time management in the context of work, but of course time management is time management and what works And the strategies for work can also apply to your home. If you're like many people, you may roll your eyes at the term time management. I really do. I'm like, because I think there's two buckets of people here, right? There's either the folks like me that are very structured and we have a tendency to feel like we've got it all figured out and we're very, there's no room for improvement. We've heard it all. We're doing it, right? And then there's the other group of folks who are like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not organized. Like they've defined themselves by their disorganization as if it is some, I don't know, terminal illness that they can't recover from. I want to give you a a definition of time management that I found that I really quote. Time management means organizing your time intelligently so that you use it more effectively. The benefits of good time management include greater productivity less stress, and more opportunities to do the things that matter. Or I would extend to say more opportunities to be with the people that matter in your life as well. Here's a benefit of time management that I want to add to that definition. I like the idea that this is creating boundaries around the things you need to do, whether it's for work or home, the things you should do, right? We, I don't like the word should because it does put pressure on us, but There are some things that we really should get done in October, for example, or there's something we should get done by the end of the work week. And then the things we want to do in our life. If you think about it like this, if you create a container, an organized, structured container for work, a container for your play, a container for sleep, let's not forget that one, a container for your exercise time, you get the idea. You've got these containers that are all fitting together into your work day, into your life in an organized way. The alternative, when we don't have these containers, is that we might work till midnight, we might forego exercise, we might not see our friends or our family, and we might even, I've I've watched plenty of TV where they give up on basic hygiene, they're working so hard. Or conversely, you might end up not doing as good a job at work, neglecting work, because these personal things or these non-work things are impinging on the time that you should be spending working. Yet another scenario is you doing whatever it is you're doing, whether it's work or home or whatever, but you're feeling guilty and you're maybe distracted because you're not doing something else. 
because you didn't, you know, have your containers in order, you're thinking about this other thing. So I want to give you my top 12 strategies to improve time management. And for each of these, I'm going to give you some of my tips as to how I implement that strategy. So I'm not giving you anything here that I don't do on a regular basis. And I'm going to try to be as open and forthcoming as I can be about uh, how I use these tools. Number one, set clear goal, both long-term goals, whatever, however you want to define long-term and short-term. This is going to help you prioritize your task. And you want to make sure that your goals, to be a goal, it needs to be smart, specific, measurable, achievable, real, relevant, and time-bound. And I've talked about those goals before. There's lots of resources out there to help you with the, the definition of each part of a SMART goal. So I'm not going to go into that here. But if we don't have SMART goals, we don't have goals, right? If we just say, I want to improve X, and we don't make it a SMART goal, then we don't have any way of measuring that to see if we have actually made progress on that thing because we set it as a very non-specific, non-goal. What I do is I have a quarterly planning retreat. I always tell people I've got my whole staff together, which is me, and I have a, a planning retreat every quarter to prepare for the next quarter and one that's a little bit more intensive that'll be coming up in December where I'm looking ahead for quarter one, but I'm also planning out to some degree the entire uh, 2024. I'm going to review my goals and my progress on the goals from the previous quarter. What, What traction did I make? And then I'm going to set goals for the upcoming quarter. Am I going to take that same goal and move it forward because I didn't achieve it? Or do I want to take a step further with that same, whatever that was, I want to go to the next level with that goal? Or do I need to work on something completely different? I create then from that an action list. So I have my planning document and that's all the things I want to cover and I make notes and all the things, progress and metrics and all of that. But then I go into another document, which is called action items. And so I have a Q, right now I have a Q4 action item list for 2023 because I just did this um, last month. And I come up with what are the specific action items that I need to take relative to that goal. So I've set this goal. And in the case of, for me, 2023, it's been about increasing listenership actually to this podcast. And I've got a goal every month of a 20% increase in downloads. So I've got my VA getting that data together for me. And then we review it and we talk about, okay, what, what else can we try? What, what do we need to implement? So the overall goal is the 20%, but then I've got action steps on how I'm going to do that. And that goes into that action item. And then I prioritize them. I have, I use Stephen Covey's system like A1, A2, B1, B2 priorities so that I have an order, a prioritization order for those things. I have figured out through trial and error, my tendency is to overcommit myself to too many action items in a quarter. And I remember talking to my coach about this a few years ago. I was very frustrated. I felt like I hadn't done anything in a quarter. And she said, read me your list. And I did. And it, once I read it out loud, I was like, I, I realized it before she said it. I had set myself up for failure because I had put too much in my action items. So I've learned right now, What works for me is about 15 hours of action items. So I estimate how long each of those steps is going to take. And I give myself about 15 hours of action items per quarter. That's manageable. So that's number one. Number two, use the quadrants. 
there are four, and this comes from Stephen Covey. I also, when I was doing some research for this episode, found it called something else, and I don't even remember what it was. So apparently it has a name. But the quadrants are urgent and important, urgent and not important, not urgent and important, and not urgent and not important. And as you set your daily tasks, you want to focus on the important ones. So urgent and important, not urgent and important. And the not urgent and important tends to be those long-range planning kind of things, the things that really get you where you want to go. Urgent and important are those essential fires that you have to put out. No one can do them but you. They are, you know, fires burning, but they are important for you to deal with. The idea here is to minimize the amount of time that you spend on the not important activities so that you can focus on what's really important. And many of us tend to focus on urgent and not important, dealing with responding to emails for people because they didn't pay attention in the meeting kind of thing. Some of the tools I use here include limiting the time I check emails. So I have, I check them first thing in the morning, but just to see if there's any fires burning, check them again at lunch, check them for the end of the day. If I have something that I'm waiting to come in, I'm going to check it a little bit more often, but that's my general cadence. I want to minimize distractions such as phone notifications. I don't have anything buzzing or beeping on my phone. And I use blocks in my calendar to schedule out my day for various things. I'm going to talk more about that. So that's number two, use the quadrants. Number three, block your time. And this is one I love, and this is a favorite of mine. You want to allocate time blocks for the various activities that you need to complete in your day. And you can do this for work and for home. I teach clients how to block their time when they're in a job search as well and how to use that time so that they are limiting their time for job search. They're being highly effective and focused during that time and they have it all planned out ahead of time so that when they sit down for that block of time, they know exactly what they're supposed to start doing. They can hit the ground running. My entire workday, if you looked at my calendar, I use Outlook. I'm not a Gmail person like most of the world. I love Outlook. But you can see blocks for the entire day. There's very few openings. And in each block, I've got specifically what I'm going to do. For example, I've got writing blocks, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday morning. I write from 9 to 11. As I have projects coming in, I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. But as I have projects coming in and I know when I need to start working on it, that's going to go on the calendar. Then I'm going to transfer that uh, the day before onto a worksheet, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. I found this blocking time to be particularly helpful when I started spending 15 minutes a day on some things like, like spending time on LinkedIn. I was spending at the time some time on social media. I might have been sending emails out to old clients. And these are things that are not urgent, but important. And my brain, which I don't think is super different from other people's, my brain wanted to tell me that I needed to be doing something else. My brain wasn't specific about what that should be, but there was the sense that this is not how I should spend my time. So what I've been able to do by having 15 minutes, and I literally set my phone timer to 15 minutes, and when it's done, when it goes off, I finish whatever I was on and I'm done. So that time blocking allows me to say, okay, brain, when my brain argues with me, I can say, hey, this is how I'm spending this 15 minutes. It's just 15 minutes. Calm down. Chill out, brain. And I can be focused and not be thinking about something else random 
that I should be doing instead. Another way I use time blocking, which I alluded to a moment ago, is by writing projects. So I have two resume strategy sessions with clients, and then I start a cadence because they get their drafts within five days. Within, from the time of their second resume strategy session, which is a Zoom call, I have three touch points with their resume and cover letter. And I spend the first day doing a specific thing, second day, third day. So I go into my calendar and I put their name and I put what phase. So I'm either doing resume copy, I'm doing resume formatting and branding, or I'm doing resin cover letter, which, and then I'll put due today. Resin cover letter means wrap everything up and write the cover letter. It's all on the calendar. I can see when it's due. I can see also, I can make sure I don't overcommit myself and commit to too many projects at once. And everything stays on deadline. That's number three, block your time. Number four, create a to-do list. I alluded to this a minute ago. So we've got this, this calendar. I've got my outlook. I've got notes in there. I then create a to-do list for each day. So what I do is in, on Sundays, I print out a sheet. I've created these sheets. They're pretty. They're colorful for each day of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Weekend, which is where I get to put in the things I need to get done from Friday evening to Sunday evening on a personal note. And then Sunday, I have a separate one for work because I do work for an hour or two on Sundays. I print all those out on Sunday. And then I also fill in the one for Monday because that's the next day. What are the writing assignments? What are other specific things? So there's already some things on these sheets that I do every time. For example, the 15 minutes on LinkedIn happens on Mondays and Thursdays. So that's already on there every Monday and Thursday. Every Tuesday, I check in with my current clients and my prospects. So that's already on there. So there's a cadence of things that I do every Monday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Friday. In addition to that, then there's going to be some things that will come up for that particular week. So I'm going to do that on Sunday for Monday. And then in the afternoon or evening before I wrap up for the day, I'm going to do it for the next day. And it, it has. It also includes anything personal. If you looked at mine today, I've got a bunch of doctor's appointments. It's, it's getting towards the end of the year. I've met my deductible. I need to go see a bunch of doctors. So I've got a list of folks to reach out to this afternoon. So that's number four, create a to-do list. Number five, eliminate distractions. I alluded to this earlier. Social media, notifications, clutter on your desk is a big one. Phone calls coming in or beeps for phone calls, emails, if you have a, a notification system set up for your emails, people stopping by if you're working in an office and they just like to come in and plop down, take steps to minimize or eliminate them. I close out my email when I'm working on a project and it's not, I don't have any kind of notification set up. So it's not that I'm going to get beeped or buzzed, but it's I'm tempted to look at my email if it's open, but it's a little bit more, you know, of a pain to open it up and check them. So there we go. I turn my phone over. I, it's on my desk because a lot of times I'm using the timer. I actually, I set my timer for 50 minutes throughout the day when I'm doing, not when I'm working with clients, but any of the other time so that after 10 minutes I take a break. So I've got the, I've got my phone near, but I've got it turned upside down. I don't answer my phone unless it's from a number that I'm expecting. I'm waiting to speak with them or I need to speak with them. Most of the time, I'm going to ignore it. And if it's some, if they leave me a message, most of them don't because it's spam phone calls. I'm not going to, you know, have to call them back. 
So that's number five, eliminate distractions. Number six, learn to say no. Here's how you do it. You put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. You make a little O with your mouth and you say no. And no is a complete sentence. One of the best ways to improve your productivity is to say no to requests that don't align with your goals and your priorities, don't make sense for you in one way or another. I don't have to deal with a whole lot of this because I'm self-employed, but I promise you the world will not stop revolving if you say no on occasion or not right now, or let's revisit this in, pick a date, pick a number of weeks, whatever you want to say. And and that's not a way to procrastinate. To be clear, it's a way for you, maybe if you're in a very rushed period and you need to know more about the project and there's no, it's not a time-sensitive project, you genuinely want to entertain the possibility. It doesn't mean it has to be that day. Number six is learn to say no. Number seven, delegate. This is obviously going to free up your time for more important responsibilities. The thing that I've learned about delegating, both from when I was the director of two university career centers, and now that I run my own business and I have some contract help and have had some in the past, is that the things that I don't enjoy doing don't play to my strengths. I don't, I'm not particularly good at them and or it's just not a good use of my time. Those are things that are really golden to someone else. So I've delegated, in my case, I've delegated all my, almost pretty much all my social media postings to my VA. They, her team is better at it than me. They stay on top of it. I don't have to worry if I'm out sick or I'm out of the office. Is it going to get posted? It's a godsend. I've hired someone to edit this podcast. Was I good at it? I think so. I was pretty good at it. But was it a good use of my time? Absolutely not. It is worth the money. Now, if you work in an office, you're not going to have to pay somebody to delegate. But the, the thing to remember is, your trash may be someone else's treasure. And I learned that from, I hired people when I was in higher education. I made sure I hired people who were very different from me so that the things that I was no good at, didn't like doing might be just really great for them. So number seven is delegate. Number eight, use time management tools. Maximize your use of your calendaring systems. Get in there, Gmail, Outlook, whatever you use and see what else is available to you Try it out. See if you like it, right? Give it 30 days, whatever tool you want to try. A lot of the ones, the things that you would have to buy, like time management apps or project management software, you would, you might get a 30 minute or 30 day, I'm sorry, 30 day trial on it. And so you can, you know, give that a try and see what you think. Number nine, plan ahead. You want to help start your day with a clear agenda. So I alluded to that about creating my daily tasks on Sunday and then the night or afternoon or night before each day. I like that when I get into the office, which is usually about 8.30 in the morning, I can hit the ground running. I'm not having to figure it out then. I'm not having to, I'm not wasting time. I can see, especially with, because I start my mornings with writing, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. I can see that I have a full load. I don't have time to goof around or be unproductive. I've got to get right going. Number nine, plan ahead. Number 10, avoid multitasking. The research is very clear that we do not multitask effectively. We decrease our productivity and we increase the chances for errors, reduce the quality of our work. 
So my best recommendation to decrease, to avoid multitasking is to decrease those distractions that I talked about a moment ago. And also, is there the possibility in your office, if you're in an office, of having a a sign system on your doors that say, okay, this is the sign that says do not disturb? Or is it like I've had before where it's been closed door means do not disturb unless it's you know, a crisis. If the door is open out a little bit, but not fully open, it means you can interrupt if it's urgent, pretty important. And then if it's fully open, come in whenever you want to. And so we, we had that system and, and it works. If that's a possibility, if you work from home, you may have to come up with a system for, you know, keeping the, the significant other and the kids out of your workspace. So that's number 10, avoid multitasking. Number 11, I'm almost at the end take breaks throughout the day. I mentioned a moment ago, I set the timer on my phone, 50 minutes, I get 10 minutes off. That's how I do it. I was reading something in in the notes and it was talking about a system where it was like 20, 15 minutes work, five minutes off, 15 minutes work, five minutes off. And then after four of those, you get a longer break. That's seemed a little complicated to me, but whatever works for you. But the idea is that you do take break. I find that I'm a lot more productive during that 50 minutes when I know that I have a break coming up, when I know that perhaps I want to get to a certain point in a writing project by the time the alarm goes off. I don't have time to screw around. I don't have time to be off task. And then number 12, set deadlines. So even for tasks that don't have external deadlines from a boss or someone else, you can create kind of artificial deadlines to create a sense of urgency for yourself. I do this with my client projects. Now, to be clear, they have it in writing. They will receive the first draft of their resume and cover letter five days from the time of their second resume strategy session. Because of that, I have three days, as I mentioned, I work on their project over three days. And so that's all cadenced in and put into my calendar. And then the day before, I go onto my sheet for the next day And then I write those projects down. I decide what order they need to happen in and any details I need to include. So circling back around to the beginning, give yourself free time to do the things you enjoy doing by blocking time for your work and your other obligations. Create containers for these things. Think of them as boundaries on a football field and you will be more productive and also hopefully much less guilty. And when it is free time, you will truly be having free time. Now let's talk about DIY versus DFY. So the do-it-yourself suggestion that I have for you is to track how you are spending your time. It's depending on your work cadence. For me, one week is is pretty much the uh, the same as the next week, and in, in the sense that Mondays look the same, they're set up the same. Each Tuesday set up the same, etc. For other people, it may be a month. There's a cadence that really spans the entire month. I see that a lot with folks like people who are in counting. They're dealing with you know budgets and things. So whatever period of time, a day is probably not going to be enough. So a week to a month. Here's what I want you to do. Track each 15-minute block of time as to what you are doing during that time and then put it into a quadrant. You could actually create one. We talked about the urgent and important, urgent and not important, not urgent and important, not urgent and not important. 
So you really want to put each of these 15-minute blocks into one of those quadrants. And that's going to really show you how you are using your time in addition to giving you some ideas about maybe how to maximize your time. After that period, that week or that month, you want to take a critical look at that data and are you making the best use of your time? Are you working in those important quadrants? Are you doing the things that you and only you can and should be doing? Are you wasting time? And if so, what are the culprits? You're going to see some themes as to how you waste time and then make some changes to better manage your time based on what you learn about yourself. That's my DIY suggestion. DFY. While you really have to manage your time yourself, even if you have a, if you're high up and you have a secretary who plans your schedule out and plans your travel and all of that, you still have some control, hopefully. At least parts of your schedule are in your control. So my DFY for you is a couple of time management books that I really like. So the first one is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That book And I did some training back years ago. I think I had a boss who was trained in Covey. So we had a like a workshop or something. But the book was and still continues to be something that I reference and I talk about it with my clients. I use the the quadrants are, you know, are in his book. And I just find him to be a really good resource for this kind of thing. There's also a book called The 80-20 Principle, The Secret to Achieving More with Less by Richard Koch um, or Koch. K-O-C-H. That really, I I love the idea that kind of 20% of your time is going to be where you're going to get 80% of your work done. So I like that book. And then also Atomic Habits by James Clear. Now, this is not specifically about time management, but it's about breaking bad habits and creating positive ones. So it goes hand in hand with creating some good time management habits for yourself. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope Even those of you who are like me and super organized and structured and think you've learned it all about time management, I hope there was something in here that uh, resonated with you. And for you not so organized folks, I hope you'll at least take maybe one, start with baby steps, don't go nuts on me, but take one of these suggestions that really resonated with you and implement it and, and look at it like a science project. Get, collect some data, see what you think about it, give it 30 days, and decide what to do next from there. So I will uh, see you next week then. Take care. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.